0: Blog Talk Radio. you here tonight. Um, joining me now, immediately right away, is Zach Fleer. Thanks for staying up tonight to come on the air and talk. Yeah, no problem, man. So, um, I just want to get right into this shit right away. Uh, anytime anyone turns on their television, pretty much news channels, CNN, everything, right now covering what happened in Ferguson, with uh, Michael Brown, who is a uh, actually a 16-year-old um, teenager that was shot and killed in the street. But um, I haven't been able to follow this story as closely as I'd like to. This
1: is why. I, um, have, what's the latest on, on what's going on with this? Well, basically, you know, the protests in the street are still going on. Um, they've been going on uh, since the shooting, which was about a week and a half ago. And basically, what I get, what I'm, what I'm thinking the protesters is that, you know, they are not going to stop, and so the officer Darren Wilson will be charged with at least something, um, because the officer he's on paid leave, and you know the protesters are very upset with that. You know, they feel you know Michael Brown's death was not justified, and they're also upset that the Ferguson Police Department they kind of released a video, they released a video of a strong armed robbery at a, at a local gas station. And they said this robbery occurred, you know, right before the shooting, and you know people are kind of upset. You know, they feel the police department has used that, you know, the tape of the tape of the uh, suspected robbery to kind of justify, you know, the the, the death of uh, Michael Brown and kind of kind of dehumanize him a little bit. Now, do they know for
0: sure if he was unarmed? Because when I hear he was trying to get the. Uh police officer's gun, apparently to shoot him, and um, at first they said he was shot from behind, but an autopsy came out and uh, showed that he was shot in in the chest, in the face, I believe it looked like it was an eye, so that was a lie, and uh, they did not load his body into an ambulance, there's video actually of him being put into some kind of a police squad car, so... And you know, if you pointed out uh Ferguson has had no homicides this year before
1: this <laughs> yeah, 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 and you know the thing is he hadn't he had no weapons on him, he was unarmed, um and from multiple eyewitness accounts, they say he kind of got shot in the side and then kind of turned around to face the officer and uh from the autopsy that was released um you know the the guy that the doctor that did I'm drawing a blank on his name uh, but he said that. It could be possible that one of the shots that hit him in the arm kind of kind of like caused him to turn around, and then that's when he took an additional shot. Um, and they say that you know his body was kind of it was like slanted forward uh, before the final the sixth fatal shot. Uh, so that's this is what I've gathered, you know, studying the case and uh, just everything that's been going on, going on the last few days. Yeah.
0: So nobody else was with him. At the time
1: of him getting shot, well, yeah, he actually is one of his good friends. His kid's name is Dorian Johnson. but He's 20 years old. Um, he was with Michael Brown, you know, at the convenience store, and then he said he was walking down the street with him um, when the altercation with the cop, you know, started. And his eyewitness account is consistent uh, with the other seven witnesses uh, that, you know, said that they were there, said that they were there, uh, you know, during the during the whole
0: shooting. Oh, so that guy was was he put into custody? The
1: twenty year old that was with him? No, he's he's not been put in custody for anything. Um, so you know, he's just he's out for it.
0: That kind of makes it seem like you know, the whole robbery at the store seems kind of bogus.
1: Yeah, and and in the tape that was released, um, you know, a lot of the footage has been shown of you know Michael Brown. He subbed. The guy in the video, you know, it's still not completely clear if it was Michael Brown, um, but it kind of, all indications, you know, kind of prove that it was him. But, you know, there's an altercation uh, with the, the clerk behind the counter, and then Dorian Johnson, uh, you know, was there with Michael Brown. Um, but, you know, in the earlier parts of the tape, you know, it shows him pulling something out of his pocket. looked like money, you know, getting it to the clerk. And the convenience store, they didn't call 911. They didn't file a robbery report. Um, so the whole robbery case, you know, nothing was ever filed. You know, it's hard to tell if he actually stole anything because, you know, it looks like he did pay for the cigarillos that he bought. And if he did, you know, I heard it was only, like, maybe $5 in cigarillos that he might have taken. You know, so it's not like he robbed a bank or something yeah. like that. Um, but, you know, some for people shit. are that. Like, like at,
0: uh, $2 even. I know at the gas station yeah. there of people that buy cigarillos. You get two blood wraps for a dollar. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and there, so, you know, people are trying to use this as you know possible justification for this kid's death, and it just it, it just kind of boggles my mind a little bit um, because you know he was 18 years old. You know, it's, you know, this kid's life has just been taken away from him for something that you know probably could have been handled in a different way. Yeah, no,
0: not having the, uh, not being there, not seeing exactly what occurred. If he was trying to grab the officer's gun or whatever, I, I just saw him loading his body into the back of, not an ambulance, but a, just like a police car, So I was like pissed off about it. But then they released a picture of him where he's like pointing a gun, he's got money in his mouth, and you know, just looks and like actually a that
1: bad that, guy. that picture, you know, that picture is that's inaccurate as well. Um, you know, I read something online uh, earlier today, and that picture with the guy with the gun and the money in his mouth whatever, that's actually not Michael Brown. Um, as a guy from the St. Louis area that was like a murder suspect, but that's actually not Michael Brown. But like I said, you know, the conservative media is kind of trying to dehumanize this kid and, you know, paint him as a thug, you know, impossible justification for this kid's death. Which, uh, yeah, I didn't know that, but I'm glad you told me that, (laughs) because that was kind of made me
0: have second thoughts and kind of lean the other way. But at the same time, like, he's 16. You know, and as someone else told me, like, that could have been his friend stuff, his friend, friend's gone, just, just pointed for, look, cool or whatever in a picture. There's still no justification for it. There, it reminds me of the uh, tape that uh, you posted on Facebook. It's a little boy, I believe, like, four years old in Chicago saying he wants to be a police officer. But they uh, they kind of, the media kind of edited it, you know, clever editing again to try to make it look bad. To where he says, "Oh, I'm
1: gonna have me a gun." Yeah, and I feel like the reason that these incidents are happening with young black and um, young black men in America is that the media is kind of, or not kind of, but they have, you know, they've changed the representation of the black men in America. The black man in America is the predator and the prey. You know, they're they're displayed to be feared. They're displayed to be dangerous. And at the same time, you know, they're victims. And in this case with the little boy, you know, he's a victim in that case because, you know, he's on, he's on site of a shooting that went down. I believe it was in Chicago. And, you know, the, the interview asked him, oh, you know, when you grow up, are you going to have these guns? And the kid's like, yeah. And then later he says, you know, I want to be a police officer. And they cut out the last part about being a police officer. And then they air that and it just brings more fear into that community. And that, you know that kind of it really just drives me nuts because I deal with a lot of inner city youth, you know, a lot of young black men, and these they're great kids, but you know, just the media representation of these kids has been has been altered to where they're supposed to be feared and they're supposed to be dangerous, and that just really really upsets me.
0: Yeah, um, much like uh, Arab Americans after September 11th, um, but uh, just just for the record, with the exception of the DC sniper, there have been no. Black serial killers. All of them are white. <laughs> so, I mean, the kind of profiling like that is, it kind of drives me nuts as well. But uh, why not use the taser? You have a taser. Why do you got to shoot someone? So, so uh, chokeholds. I believe it was in New York where a guy um, was had a chokehold put on him by a police officer and it ended up in his death. And you flat out said it was murder. So if you could know more
1: about that than I do, and you could talk about that and what happened there. Yeah, it was with Eric Garner, uh, a 43-year-old man, I believe. He was suspected of selling, you know, loose cigarettes, untaxed cigarettes out of his trunk. Um, And, you know, there was undercover cops, you know, at the scene. Which, again, that's just so horrible. I'm selling cigarettes. Yeah, Yeah, and, again, you know, the... Uh, it's something that seems so petty, but you know it resulted in a death of somebody. But yeah, what happened there is you know the cops had kind of stepped up to him, they're questioning him, and you know he was just like, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of you guys hauling me around. You know I've I'm not doing anything. After you know he was choked to get choked to death, there was no cigarette sound on him, um, and I believe in the early '90s, New York had actually outlawed the chokehold. Um NYPD had outlawed the chokehold, and that illegal move was used on, you know, on this guy, and he ended up passing away. Yeah. And, the, you know, the, the officer that performed the chokehold on him, you know, nothing's, you know, he's still free, nothing's happened to him. And that just kind of upsets me a little bit because, you know, that's an illegal, that's something illegal that was used on somebody, and the guy, you know, ended, ended up dying. And it just, you know, I, I feel like justice has not been served in that case yeah because uh because a
0: chokehold is is something you can use to uh, subdue someone but it also cuts off the oxygen to the brain and which is why you know again taser like um taser is not going to kill someone chokehold can gunshots can so I, i'm I'm not understanding that but what is what do you think is going to be the uh, end result of all of this uh in ferguson as far as as far as you can tell cuz uh with, with the rioting and everything, did they did they not – I believe last night they uh, had a curfew there. And that kind of brought me back to what happened in Boston when they were searching for the uh, suspects and the uh, Boston bombings, how they locked the entire city down. like, uh, And now I heard there was a curfew there last night as to try to avoid, the, again, further protests. But, you know, is that is that what's going to happen every time? Like if somebody does something in Columbus, Ohio, then they're going to put a curfew or lock the whole city down? Like is that the way you see it going? Because you know, people are heavily armed. They, they look like you know, like military police
1: popping up everywhere instead of regular police. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, from what I've seen, and you know, the patterns that, that have been established. You know, with these, you know, with how or with you know, with how police you know patrol these type of events. You know, I feel like you know what's happened in Ferguson it will probably happen elsewhere. And I'm not sure what the end result of the protest in Ferguson will be, but I know the people, you know, that are on the front lines, they said they're not leaving until Officer Wilson has been charged with the crime. Um, and I've heard that the case, the investigation may take until mid-October, so it's going to be interesting to see, if, you know, these protests continue, you know, how just how strong the people are, you know, how, how they stand against, you know, what they feel, or standing against the system, and, you know, how they feel injustice has been committed. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of weird how the police have been militarized, you know. It's just something you're not used to seeing. You're not used to seeing police in America with tanks and, you know, heavy machinery. It's just it, – sometimes it makes you wonder if that's, this is really happening in American cities, you know. Yeah, it almost points at a,
0: almost like – I don't know, I'm not a big conspiracy guy, but uh, it points to martial law. (laughs) And uh, just to be able to do that, like that's what martial law is. They want to take away your guns and your rights. uh, And
1: with that martial law in Ferguson, you know, early last week, there was two journalists that were arrested inside the McDonald's for no apparent reason. And, you know, it just seemed like the police department was kind of trying to shut down the media coverage of the event Um, they even tear gassed the Al Jazeera set and then like dismantled the crew's cameras Um, so that makes you wonder like this is America why is this happening to our press why is this happening to our people they're peacefully assembling they should not be getting attacked they should not be getting tear gassed it it just really makes you wonder about the direction of you know these type of incidents yeah you said that happened in a McDonald's Yes, yeah, so it was in a, basically the the journalists were in the McDonald's, you know, charged their computers, charging their phones. They were in there doing work, you know, typing, whatever. Uh, there was two guys, one guy from Huffington Post, and the other guy was from the Washington, one of the Washington newspapers. But so basically, yeah, they were both arrested because they didn't, you know, the, the cops came in and basically said, you know, everybody out were clearing the building for whatever reason. I don't know why they were clearing the building. Um yeah. one of the journalists actually filmed the incident and the cops arrested both of them because they didn't pack up their stuff fast enough. Good lord. <laughs> um as far as uh
0: in Ferguson, uh do you think that uh this guy the police officer that shot him. Now, I haven't heard that he's been getting any death threats. Like I've heard, these protests have actually been been peaceful, like not presenting any any threat. They're not uh, tearing up cars like the uh, French thugs out there and, uh, <laughs> that you put up on the video, just bolting. Uh, like, so, so I don't know. People are upset. Um, again, like the end game here. Um, what do you really think it is? Like, like. Is this cop going to walk away scot-free for doing this? I, I, is, is it a yeah, logistics I, thing? logistics issue? Like, we got to make sure it was this good. and Do these tests. I, I mean, what exactly is it?
1: I, I don't, I Did don't they figure it's Missouri, can...
0: so nobody will care? Is that what it was? <laughs> They're like, well, this isn't a big city. It's just some out uh, here in Missouri. Nobody's even going to know. But yet someone filmed it on their phone.
1: <laughs> I thought that was thought I, yeah. I had right away. I have no idea how this case is going to end up. Um, My gut feeling is that the officer is going to walk away fine. You know, there's actually people have started a fundraiser on GoFundMe.com for the support of the officer, and it has raised $170,000. Last time I checked, this was like an hour ago, and people are posting messages on this fundraiser, you know, thanking this cop. They're saying, oh, we thank you for taking the scum off the earth. You're an American hero. We thank you for, you know, removing <laughs> imbeciles like Michael Brown off the face of the earth. You're cleaning up the trash. And it's just it's just crazy because this cop is on paid administrative leave. It's not like, you know, he lost his job and he got no money. This dude, they, they've raised $170,000 for this guy, and it's almost like, you know, they're profiting or they're helping him profit off of what could be a crime. That is, that's, that's, that's almost sickening. I mean, <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, yeah, that's pretty, pretty messed up. Anybody donated money to that cause, uh, <laughs> but um, there is something that needs to be said here because uh, when you look at all time, um, you can kill someone and get out in 10 years, you know, murderers, you know, and eventually can be released from prison, but there's people in prison For life, for a pot, (laughs) you know, they didn't kill anybody. Maybe they had a large amount of uh, weed and marijuana, and they're serving life in prison now. Whereas, you know, a murderer or a Casey Anthony or this and that. Uh, So it's the death penalty, the, the answer. How do you feel about the death penalty? If you say to the whole entire world, if Barack Obama comes on television, like, if you commit any crime, You will receive the death penalty. Like, uh, how do you feel about the death penalty? If they
1: put it in every state. See, with the death penalty, you know, I'm kind of kind of torn on the issue. Like, generally, I oppose it. Um, But if it's, you know, like a vicious crime, and you know, it's it's just something, you know, molestation. Just like, nah, keep I'm, in mind, this is for
0: this is for adults only. This isn't for anyone other the you know that wouldn't know yeah. better. You know, like I'm robbed a bank or I shot a guy. Like uh, well,
1: if I do that, I'll get the death penalty. So no, I, I, I see I, that I, as a deterrent. <laughs> I'm I'm not in favor of it. You know, I feel like two wrongs don't make a right. Um, and it's actually it, it's it costs less money to keep someone in prison without parole for life. And it does actually perform the death penalty. I learned that in like my street law class my senior high school, but I'm I'm actually against it. You know, I feel like if someone commits a heinous crime like that, you know, the harsher punishment in my opinion is them having to sit in jail without parole for the rest of their life because they got to deal with that, you know, every day until they die. You know, with no chance of freedom. I think that is a better penalty than just kind of ending it for somebody and they don't have to deal with that, you know, regret. Uh, at all anymore. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree. Make, make, them, make them suffer for it. Don't let them off easy because half the people want to die, clearly. <laughs> you know, like, they're fed up with life and they're tired of everything. They can be able to do things like that. But don't let them off easy. Don't, don't gas them or bullet in their head, firing squad, whatever. Make them have to live with it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I feel like it's, I don't know, it's some more... Morally right issue for me because I'm I'm kind of against death and everything, so I don't know. I'm I'm just I've never really been a huge fan of death penalty. Yeah, Texas is. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia W. Bush
0: was putting them all the way as so, as much as he could <laughs> before he was president <laughs> when he was governor of Texas there. But uh, to bring it a little closer to home here, and I want to get to uh, Tony Stewart too and all that, but. Uh, as far as uh, crime in Columbus, uh, there's a website. I don't know. I, I just recently found it. I've been talking about it. It's called NeighborhoodScout.com. It's, say you're moving. Say you're moving from Columbus to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, say, and you want to see how safe that neighborhood is. You actually just type in the city, and uh, you see how they give it a ranking. You know, Columbus had the ranking of number seven. Now, you know, it sounds good, number seven, on a scale of 1 to 10, but this is a scale of 1 to 100. <laughs> as far as Columbus, wow. Ohio, being safe to live, it ranks the number 7. And um, and not just that, <laughs> but, um, you know, Columbus has 70%, if not a little bit more, because, you know, statistics and percentages, but uh, of all the violent and property crimes in Columbus, you know, we have 70% of all crime in the whole state of Ohio in Columbus – and that's Cleveland, that's Cincinnati, that's everywhere else. Now that that number shocked me. That Columbus, Ohio, has 70 percent of all crime in the state of Ohio, and that it only ranks at number seven on a scale of one to 100 as far as being the safe place to live. <laughs> and also, uh, most victims are under the age of 30. There are a lot of. Uh, I believe it's at last time I checked, it was like 57 homicides this year, but I'm sure it's past 60 now. That was a couple weeks ago. But uh, why are there, uh, you know, so many young people out there shooting each other right now in Columbus and killing them and all these, like, violent crimes and the homicide? In your opinion, like, why why is all this happening
1: around here? I wasn't aware that, you know, about... Columbus being responsible for seventy percent of Ohio's crimes is kind of really alarming to me. Yeah, it um, freaks me out. But the answer for it's the, the crime, crime. <laughs> you know, the answer for your question about you know crime and you know you know why this is happening in Columbus, it's, it's hard for me to answer. You know, there's not one specific solution to it. You know, I feel like a lot of the inner city crime that we have, you know, a lot of it is drug related. And if you go back and you know, just see, um just basically what created the drug problem in America, a lot of that could could have been prevented. Um, but you know, it's just I I, I have no direct answer. You I feel like young people in Columbus and, you know, all across the inner cities in America, you know, we need to value we need to value life more. We need to promote positivity, we need to promote empowerment. You know, we basically need to spread more love with these kids. You know, so they see each other as you know they see each other as their brother, you know they see their fellow man as their brother and no longer their enemy because I mean they're all fighting a war against a common oppressor, and you know as long as they keep knocking each other off, that's just helping the oppressor win, yeah,
0: definitely need more love because i i, I feel like people they're still not going anywhere by the age of twenty five twenty six and they have that whole I don't give a fuck kind of mentality. <laughs> uh, shoot me right now. I'll shoot you motherfucker and all this and that. And I kind of see that as why. Uh, I mean, a lot of it happens. There's been a couple of shootings at nightclubs and stuff after um, hip hop shows. <laughs> like one, I had a DJ Aladdin talking. About. It was in the, the arena district downtown at a end zone. They yep. decided to throw some kind of a hip hop show and, you know, like uh, history has shown that, uh, you know, there is more of a chance and possibility for violence after a hip hop show. I mean, you don't hear about too many shootings after country jam, <laughs> but at hip hop shows you do. So, uh, another guy I talked to, artist uh, Steve Leo, had him on a couple of Sundays ago. He 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 feels like you know music does play a part in how people act. And uh, I just want to get your opinion on. Well, mainly now the newest question: uh, Does music influence uh, violence, violence, and violent behavior? Because I mean, these things clearly are happening at those kind of shows. Or, you know, is, is it was it, it, it meant to be all along, like somebody coming after somebody, or you know, I, I'm I believe that's true in some cases. You know, just altercations happening, but. Uh, it seems to happen more at certain
1: events yeah I feel like I feel like music does have a certain influence. I feel like what a lot of kids listen to can certainly influence you know their views on their community and the people around them, but also feel that the music that is being produced you know by some hip hop artists they're basically reporting on what they see um, so it's like we have to change ourselves so the music can change, you know if our communities change you know, and the violence stops, I think the music will follow a similar path um, because a lot of the music is just reality and, you know, as long as we have violent crime, we're going to have violent music and in order for both to stop, you know, the crime has to be stopped, you know, by our people first um, before we can even change the music because if the music, I I feel like the music just follows society and right now there's just too much violent crime and that's all we have, the type of music that we have now. And, uh,
0: the first time I found out anything about Michael Brown was on Facebook. I, I just r- randomly going through the news feed one day when I woke up and saw someone posted a video, it looks like cops are doing some shady shit out here, you know, there's no ambulance loading this kid's body into the into the ambulance, but I thought it was just an old video, you know, how people just find stuff and, you know, share it on, on Facebook, but it turned out to be the whole brand new, what had just happened Michael Brown situation. But uh, also on there, you know, I don't know if you remembered this or if you ever saw this about a year, year and a half ago was a woman getting her head cut off by a Mexican cartel. And, you know, a lot of people are sharing that video of a woman getting her head cut off on Facebook. Uh, did you happen to have the displeasure of seeing that?
1: No, fortunately I didn't see that. You know, it's just I don't know why anybody would share that, but, you no, know, thankfully I didn't have to see that, but uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, stuff like that happens in our world, you know, it just, I don't know, it just really bothers me when I see stuff like that and hear about it.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, like, boobs are banned on Facebook. You can't have, you know, see some, you know, hot girl showing her boobs, but beheadings, yeah, fine. <laughs> like, share those all day, so I, I don't understand like the standards of that. So, uh, I mean, is uh, Facebook and all the social media, like, uh, I've hated it from day one. You know, I wish it go back to, a, you know, MySpace where you could just, you know, write and blog and, you know, the first thing on there was your blog. <laughs> like, that's what yep. I think it should be. I, I think this is all help like, hurting like, world star hip-hop and all those videos shared. And you know, there was a video I saw a few nights ago of some kid some kid with autism getting hit on by some scrawny guy, like, Yeah, good old motherfucker,
1: I don't know if yeah you know I saw that or too not. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, yeah I that saw one that really too, made I, me mad.
1: Yeah, that one was awful. I mean I guess from what I had heard with that whole situation, the the autistic kid had got tricked and had, was convinced to go to some party to meet up with some girl that said that she liked him. And then they kind of, like, set him up for that little beating. Not that little beating, but the beating that happened. And that that really bothered me because, you know, that kid can't defend himself. And that's just, there's just no place for that in society. Um, but, yeah, there's been, a like, a movement spread around. People are taking the, the kid that beat him up, they're taking his face, and they're just spreading it all over Facebook and Twitter, you know, saying, you know, my name is so-and-so, and I beat up a 16-year-old autistic kid. You know, share this page so my face can be seen all over the world. Um, so I support that movement, you know, definitely, because that kid deserves, you know, all the shit that he's going to
0: get. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have no doubt he's going to get his. Um, like, that that was just, like, a maybe, maybe, you know, just knowing how Facebook is, I mean, I don't know how it all started. Like, uh, potentially, the uh, kid that was getting beat, like, wrote a message and said, like, high or you're you're pretty to some girl that that other the guy hitting him knew or something, <laughs> you know, because that could have potentially happened. Like, but I mean, still no justification at all for that whatsoever, I and mean, what those you know cocksuckers did.
1: To that kid. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was, uh, I was just awful, you know, watching that video. I like, I couldn't get through about a minute of it. It was just it was brutal. You know, I just I, I don't I don't get why people do stuff like that. Um, but it is the world we live in, and, you know, those people have to be dealt with.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, stuff like this, everyday life, everyone's looking for an opportunity to, like, find something, be it something like that or beheading or or, or something, you know, we don't see too much positivity on social media, <laughs> to be honest. So more so is probably people looking for negative things like that.
1: <laughs> Another example
0: of that was the Tony Stewart thing. Now, uh, I actually first saw that from you a couple of weeks ago when it happened at five in the morning. You were actually one of the first to a, like that I saw that actually shared that video. Like, and again, I don't know if your opinion changed on it. I mean, it might have swayed either way. Like, uh, I watched the video a couple times, and I'm I'm still pretty convinced that uh, you know, he hit the gas and decided to hit the guy. <laughs> But uh, I don't know
1: is your opinion changed on that, or do you have any updates on the whole tony Stewart thing um you know i have looked at the video quite a bit you know since I originally posted that um and i don't think I don't think Tony intended to hit the guy. I think what he was trying to do I felt like he was kind of trying to like mud him up a little bit, you know hit on the gas, you know maybe blow some you know you know twist his tires, you know get some mud on the guy, and you know accidentally hit the dude. Uh, But when I think about it, you know, the guys wearing an the all-black suit. He's on a muddy track. There was low visibility. You know, the lighting wasn't very good. It could have been, you know, Tony just didn't see him until the last second, you know, and try to swerve out of the way. Um, But it's hard to tell, you know, if you're not, if you can't see from, you know, Tony's point of view. Um, But it is unfortunate that, you know, the kid lost his life. Um, But then again, you just got to go back, you know, what's that guy doing on the track? You know, he put himself in a dangerous situation. Um, but it's hard for me to tell yeah. if that was intentional or not. You know, look at the tape.
0: And again, though, I know that he was 20 years old. So again, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like a
1: uh,
0: he it was mad. <laughs> he got he he got he got spun, and uh, on a video, you can clearly see it was Tony Stewart's car that made him. You know. Yeah. I don't know what they call it. and I'm, I'm not a real big NASCAR guy or watcher or fan or, or, or that kind of stuff. So I don't know what they call it when a car may hit another car and force him into the wall or force him to spin like that. But uh, he was pissed off and he was pointing. But on the video, right before he gets hit, you can see him trying to get out of the way, but he still got clipped under the car. So it was like, it was like he knew. Like, uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm totally not expecting him to run me over because uh, when you watch the video, you can see he's trying to get out of the way. And that that was the hardest yeah. part for me. This just, just knowing that, like, in split seconds, and of course, you know, dead. You know, more death being shown uh, to everyone on 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 social media.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. It's just you're looking at the tape. It- it's just so crazy how quickly it happens, you know. It, it, it was like a minute and a half tape, and the guy's are racing, and then you know a minute later he's dead. And it's just it's just crazy to watch. But I don't know what kind of sticks in my mind is the rev of the engine, you know, right before contact. Um, yeah. you know that, that's kind of that's kind of stuck with a lot of people that, that think you know Tony might have done it on purpose, um, but it's just hard for me to tell. And I don't think any criminal charges will be brought against Tony because it's just too. It's just, you can't, I don't know, you can't draw a complete conclusion on it um, just because, you know, you're not there, so you you really don't know exactly what happened.
0: Yeah, uh, but, I mean, uh, I've heard that Tony Stewart is being completely cooperative with the investigation. So, but, I mean, why wouldn't he be? (laughs) That doesn't doesn't make him seem any, any... more of a great guy in my mind because you know four or five cars passed the guy, slowed down, or stayed away from him, and then here comes Tony Stewart's car. So to me, again, uh, my my first reaction, I kind of started to sway away a little bit, but I still think murder. It's hard not hard to tell me think it's anything else because you know, like a car is a is a weapon. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so I don't know. He's he's. he's And, again, it was at some racetrack, like, it wasn't the Indy 500. Again, it was at some racetrack that, like, I can't even pronounce it. Like, if I had to say it, like, I read the name of it, but I couldn't even try to attempt to even say that racetrack. Just like Ferguson, Missouri, you know, I'd never heard about that place in my life. (laughs) So I'm thinking, like, maybe maybe all these people thought, well, we're out here in some area where, where, you know, nobody knows about, but people have cell phones, and, you know, like uh, videos are being shot, like the Tony yeah. Stewart thing. When that happened, it's just kind of alarming because uh, was some guy really there filming the whole race? <laughs> like uh, he captured that moment. You'd think that he would have missed something. Yeah. I <laughs> agree. like cons- conspiracy theories are, are kind of like have to come into play at some point on that too because, I mean, why is anyone even filming this, this whole entire ordeal or a race you know most people want to fucking keep their cell phones you know with as much uh you know free space as they can and they'll sit there for hours and hours filming it so i mean it's just bizarre that we even have had that video as far as that out uh, race where tony stewart hit the guy <laughs> so that kind of threw me off
1: yeah and you know how the cameraman like followed kevin ward like all the way through you know, when he got spun out and he didn't, like, pan away, you know, from his car to, like, continue filming the rest of the race. I thought that was kind of interesting, too, how he just captured the entire ordeal because he just kept the camera focused on Ward.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, other, other things, you know, when something bad happens, they, they, they stop filming or they, you know, turn away from the whole ugly scene that that particular individual didn't. And I, I don't know if that's ever even come into question, like, who, where exactly did this video originate from? You know, we, right. we had, you know, so many security cameras, you know, around uh, the Pentagon and D.C. in 2001 when either a missile or a plane flew into it. Don't have any of those videos except for one. <laughs> so, uh, I mean... It, it, it just kind of kind of makes you wonder.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I definitely have a lot of questions about nine eleven, but that can be saved for a different night. But yeah, it's obviously the expansion of technology since two thousand one plays a role. But again, you know, if it's the Pentagon, it's supposed to be the you know the place of defense. For the most secure States. building think, on the, yeah, in the
0: whole United States.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'd think there'd be more cameras, but you know who knows.
0: Yeah, so uh, we already got your opinion on the uh, death penalty. What was your opinion? Because uh, I didn't know you back when this happened, but uh, from
1: everything you know about September 11th, what's what's your opinion on that? Uh, I'm not I, I I'm not sold on the story that we've gotten from the government. I have a lot of questions. You know, I'm still waiting for an actual investigation, and I don't I, I don't believe. You know, this, this not, the biggest question I have about the 9-11 commission report is a complete omission of the collapse of World Trade Center 7, which was not hit by a plane, was not hit by anything, and that just completely collapsed, and it wasn't even mentioned in the 9-11 commission report. Um, so that just, that right there just, you know, gives me a lot of questions and a lot of doubt on if we're being told an accurate story. Yeah, do you happen to know about a, uh,
0: guy named Larry
1: Silverstein. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know all about Larry He was a guy too. that, uh, yeah,
0: owned the lease he, right before September 11th, and he had this big insurance policy taken out of the World Trade Center and everything. And then this happened. You know, he's got to be thinking, like, this is the worst fucking day of my life, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm paying $10 million a day on the World Trade Center, or a month or not a day. <laughs> but basically, like, his lease was pretty much $10 million a month on something that no longer exists, now, uh, the World Trade Center number seven was where like a lot of agencies and stuff you know like were working at, and you know I heard that they pretty much said pull it <laughs> like uh yep. so that, that was the thing about that, and it happened at five, I believe five something in the afternoon. Now, uh, yeah, fire has never brought down any uh, skyscraper. Ever before September 11th, which is why a lot of people don't believe it. But the World Trade Center itself was so weakly built with drywall; it wasn't concrete like the Empire State Building that's planes flown into before. It was like drywall with these uh, you know, little uh, what are they it, Shit, little uh, little uh, basically like hooks, like uh, with like one bolt in them, <laughs> like holding up the floors. Yeah. So eventually, like uh. You know, you, you could see that those buildings could, could collapse like that. But World Trade Center number seven was not hit by a plane; <laughs> it was just a fire in a building. So that—that that is the main—the main thing I can't wrap my head around. Uh, the Pentagon, uh, all that. Yeah, that one particular site. It did destroy a lot of things that they wanted to cover up. <laughs> but uh, I do believe the. Uh, plane uh, did hit that building. It wasn't a missile, but perhaps it was a drone, <laughs> which looked a lot like planes, just to take advantage of it or something. I have, I have no idea, but, uh, but uh, there should be video of it released. I mean, if you can release b on Facebook all day, then why can't you show that? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. But, you know, again, it just makes me think, it, you know, if we're being told an accurate story, you know, why why is there so many loopholes and you know so many hidden parts to this entire story? Um, so just, that that triggers a lot of questions for me.
0: I guess some something else, real quick. We got about three more minutes. Uh, Roswell, New Mexico. <laughs> How much do you know about that? Back in the 1940s, in a rancher named Mac Brazzle coming out to discover those parts. And, uh, you know, they actually published this on the front page of the newspaper, that the uh, oh,
1: wow. alien craft
0: had crashed in Roswell. Now, that sounds like Area 51, all this. I don't know how, how much you, you've researched on this particular topic, <laughs> but someday. Uh, uh, not too,
1: <laughs> I'm not too familiar, you know, with UFOs. This is, I've never really been all that interested in it. Um, But, you know, I'm I'm open to the belief that, you know, something might have crashed in Roswell, but I just haven't done enough research on it to really form a, you know, accurate opinion, I guess.
0: Because my opinion is, is actually,
1: I don't want to sound like real too
0: positive about George W. Bush in any way, but but after September 11th and all these people wanted answers, he's like, we're not going to tell you people how we, you know (laughs) – defend our country to protect you because that lets the enemy know. (laughs) Because Area 51 was doing a lot of shady stuff, but it was for our benefit. They were uh, building all these uh, aircrafts and stuff that the Air Force and the military used to uh, try to get the, uh, you know, top secret stuff. I don't believe there was actual aliens there. (laughs) Like, uh, people have seen strange craft in the sky, but, you know, the government didn't want didn't exactly, you know, go out and promote, <laughs> and that's what they were seeing, is is my personal opinion on it, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, um, there could be, uh, many other galaxies out there, you know, we're just, we're just one, like, when does outer space end, <laughs> so, you know, life on other planets, yes, probably, but, uh, it would take a really long time to get here,
1: <laughs> Oh yeah. So, uh,
0: Anyway, I want to thank you again for coming on. I'm trying to think of something else maybe I can get to here in the next two minutes that we have to be on the air. But anything you want to say in particular about all this, like uh, where it's heading, where where it's going, is are things just going to continue to get worse in America in Columbus?
1: See, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that things are getting worse. I just think issues that have been swept under the rug in America are kind of coming to light. You know, people's true colors are showing. And I feel like what's happening in Ferguson has kind of let a lot of people know that there is a race problem in America. You know, people do feel oppressed. People do feel like they're inferior and they feel like, you know, they're being – there's just – I feel like a lot of these race issues are, you know, finally being pressed to the front lines. You know, we have people like Talib Kweli on CNN now, you know, talking about how white supremacy is kind of – it's kind of – it fuels the media – and even if CNN, Fox News, whatever, the, even if they aim to be fair and balanced, you know, with all the white defense that's going on, you know, in the world, that is being pushed to the front lines. <clears throat> people are being more aware of that. And they're just, you know, they're seeing, you know, all these things that have been going on for years uh, just with the expansion of social media.
0: Exactly. What happened with Michael Brown was not the first time, but now people have video cameras. <laughs> yeah. So now it's being come to light. <laughs>
1: exactly what you just said. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, Michael Brown, and it's unfortunate for him and his family, uh, but it might serve as a greater cause down the line. You know, now that more people are aware and more people are being active and, you know, they have,